All right. Um, so I, th- I was literally in the shower and I came up with this genius idea of why don't we talk about trading risk, managing trading risk and uh, security in light of uh, I was inspired by the Luna situation. And the reason why I was inspired by the Luna situation, or I guess technically, you know, Luna and UST, is that the yeah. ticker for it? Yeah. UST, the stable coin of Luna, was um, how many people, I mean, obviously, as we know, it went to zero, basically, 99 point something percent. Yeah. And, uh, but it was advertised as a stable coin. So I think it's super interesting, the whole concept of... Um, Basically, going into this world of crypto, I mean, generally it's anything, but we're just talking crypto here, going into the world of crypto and assuming that things can't go wrong. And that's kind of where I'm coming from this morning in the sense of you would have bought UST, it's a stable coin, 99 point something percent of people would have never, ever, ever thought that the stable coin, the biggest one, second biggest one, right? Something as, as established as that would have just disappeared. Yeah. And the reason, because they think that, there's no way people put stop losses because it's a stable coin. Why would you put a stop loss on a stable coin? Because it's stable. It's not meant to really move that much. Yeah. Maybe a cent or a cents here and there. At most, that's, you know, that's all that should really happen. So I was just thinking, I was just imagining like the importance of not assuming that nothing can go wrong and no matter how much you believe in something really think to yourself do you truly are you truly truly hodling this like until no matter what until it reaches your exit or is there actually like a point that if it drops you would sell because it looks like it's not coming back and so that's kind of one of my first points i want to discuss of like Give you an example. You have Bitcoin. You know, people who know, they know. No one cares if you're holding Bitcoin and it goes down to two thousand dollars. You're not selling. It's it's like whatever. It's it's like probably even, or I should say, depending on your conviction. Yeah, that that's probably what I should say. Does <laughs> but excuse me. But my point is, depending on the coin and depending on the individual in your portfolio, you have multiple coins. There's going to be coins that the reality is, if you think about it, if this drops below a certain point, you're going to exit because it's probably just going to disappear. And then there's going to be coins where you might not put a stop loss because you're in it for a really long term, long time. You've, you've come to, you know, the reality of like, look, I'm in this, you know, it's either going to go to zero or a hundred. I'm in it. So that's like with me with XRP, like I'm in it. (laughs) It's either, it's either going to disappear or I'm going to get it to my sell point and sell all my XRP at my, at my exit point. So it's kind of on that. It was just like the reality of like, unfortunately, so many people lost so much money on Lunar in particular, but it just got me thinking in general of how many coins in your portfolio do you just not have a stop loss on? Because you, you actually just didn't think that like it could just dip 90%. Now, there are coins where if it dips 90%, you might not care and you are convinced they'll go back up. That's fine. Not necessarily talking about those, but something like even a stable coin, USDT Tether. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Goodness me. USDT Tether, <laughs> in light of Luna, 
gosh. Um, you should probably have some stop losses in there. Like even if it's at like 90 cents or 85 cents, because if it goes to like 90 cents or 85 cents, like it's probably, um, in the process of unpegging and spiral down, could go back up, but there's, there's actually a difference between USDT and UST. Um, if you, so one being an algorithmic stable coin, yep. meaning that it doesn't have any collateral mm -hmm. behind it. And yep. then the other being USDT has a, has some collateral behind it. Now the controversy with USDT is they are not being transparent mm -hmm. with how much collateral they actually do have. Yeah. Right. But the, from my understanding, technically it doesn't depeg. Mm. All that's happening is like somebody somewhere, some people who call that person very foolish, is willing to sell their USDT at a loss, mm. essentially. So technically it's not like a depegging because mm. you can still take your, you, you should still be able to take your USDT and say, hey, I want to get like real world like money. And mm. they give that to you at a one-to-one. -one. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's technically not depegging. Um, but obviously it's like... Um, where it collapses is like when people are trying to redeem collateral mm. and um, USDT says, hey, we don't have any don't collateral. Have it. That's yeah. where you have like the issues itself. Yeah. But I see. Yeah. yeah. So it technically doesn't. Gotcha. Yeah. So do you think any coin, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to talk about here is I think it's probably good trading practices or like portfolio practices to have stop losses unless you do a die on that coin. And probably you shouldn't be do a die on every coin in your portfolio. Uh, true. Uh, I think, like you said, um, it's pretty much understanding crypto is still new. Yeah. And, you know, Bitcoin has been around for like, what, 13 years more? Yeah, it's like, like a that. really long time. Long. Um, some of these coins are pretty new. Mm. And as I was you know, when I see like Luna, as you mentioned, they've come out with like Luna 2.0 mm. and you see like, there's actually nothing very unique about mm -hmm. like the 2.0 mm. and there's really nothing unique about most of the other like, um, layer ones, mm. they just copy each other. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, th that, that's where there's a risk, right? Because, um, if there's no unique value proposition. XRP, for example, has some kind of unique value proposition. Yeah. So for you, it's like they, every day they're announcing partnerships, they're announcing like a whole yeah. bunch of different things. Stuff. So you know that they're going to be around for a long time. So even if it does drop mm. it, technically, unless they decide to close up shop, it's still going to be around. Yeah. But for the other guys, it's like, there's nothing. It's just, Hey, come and build on our ecosystem, mm. but there's really nothing else beyond that. Like. I, it's almost, I don't know how to explain. It's almost like building a castle in clouds, yeah. sort of, Okay. that doesn't have any real world use case, except, you know, we're trying to be like, a, uh, what, what, like, what's the internet built on right now? Like, uh, HTTPS or something like that. Something like that. You know, oh, okay. so, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that, I guess that's my own understanding. Anyways, it's like a protocol that's just there for you to build on and yeah. nobody really owns. Yeah. So it's not really controlled by anybody. There's no real like business right. Yeah, 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 yeah. right? But companies gotcha. are, you know, building Correct. different things on top of it. Yeah. So the protocol itself has no monetary value. 
but mm. you know wordpress for example has monetary value yeah right um and so that's where the issue lies everybody's trying to be that kind of protocol that everything's built on mm. so eventually you're gonna have like a few winners are, are you trying to say that like in terms of which coins you need to like just actually just put a stop loss in yeah is really like be real with yourself of like like Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> Dogecoin's always getting hate. But there's nothing, there's no tangible in Dogecoin. So it's like, if it falls off a face of the earth, there's nothing in the real market that will help it come back. Exactly. It's, it's just like, people buy it. Yeah. Because it's Dogecoin. Yeah. It's nothing else. That's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, my, my main point or uh, suggestion or something, I think is just, in your portfolio, it's very, especially when, when in, in the world of crypto, it's, it's just bull run after bull run after bull run. And it's like, it goes up 400%, comes down 100%, goes up 400%, comes down 200%. It's like, you're almost like always up or not that much down in comparison to other things in, in the world. And I think it's easy to just buy a crypto coin and you just set it aside and, and that's it rather than like forgetting that these coins every day do disappear maybe not like for example at digital surge on our exchange we do have a bit of a process of we don't just actually list any coin we make sure there's a certain level of liquidity we make you know there's a certain level of demand in it and and so forth to basically ensure that it just doesn't disappear the second we list it so we we do have things uh, rules in place and and kind of protocol that we follow but on other exchanges and especially decentralized exchanges and stuff like that, like liquidity could be a dollar and things just disappear overnight. And so I, I think it's like just good portfolio practice that out of your coins, decide which ones are your do or dies, like long-term holds. And okay, you might not want to put a stop loss because unless you got high level TA, you know, your coin might dip 80% before it goes up 400%. So it's like, you don't want to put a stop loss because you don't really know what you're doing. But on the ones that aren't long-term holding long-term investments, you should have something in your mind of like, okay, if it falls below this, I am going to exit because the risk just becomes too high. So I guess in that sense, just at a bare basic, it's important to split your portfolio of which are your long-term investments. You know, you're thinking on the long-term horizon of three, five, 10 years, whatever, probably don't want to put stop losses. I mean, up to you, but you probably don't want to um, because you're, you're thinking very long-term and in the short term of one, two, three years, when you're looking at 10 years, a whole bunch of things could happen. So there's that. And but then on the other side of your portfolio of like coins that you're just trying to make a quick ROI, um, you know, I think I feel like a lot of people put trigger sales more often than they put stop losses because there's literally in their mind, whether they realize or not, they just don't think that it's possible to go to zero or for it to fall down so much and stay there forever. I think there's this mentality in the crypto industry right now for people getting into the market that actually think, oh, just hold it, wait until the next bull run it'll go back up, which is going to be true for a lot of coins, but not all of the coins and not every bull run. Every bull run, as we progress, volatility decreases. 
Every bull run that happens, bull run, bear market, bull run, bear market. Every time we go through a cycle, volatility decreases a little bit more as more people get into the market. As volatility decreases, as more legislation, more this, more that comes in, things start becoming a little bit more secure. You'll find less and less like coins that have no real value. You'll find more coins that are actually like tangible companies and stuff like that. So you can get lucky maybe in these early days of just like crazy rides, but at some point the ride's going to end for the ones that don't have actual value at some point. Could be 10 years from now, but at some point it's, it's going to come down. It's just realistically the way the market moves, the major money, the, like the big money, is not going to go into Dogecoin. The big money is going to go into the ones that have like fundamental value that they're adding to the market. So anyway, it's a little bit of a tangent, but basically moral of the story, a nice healthy way, I think, to look at things is pick and choose your battles, basically. You do or die long-term ones and then just realize which are your short-term ones and put stop losses. It, it could save you a lot. Rather than looking at like, oh, I lost 10%. Losing 10% is better than losing 95%. So, you know, have some safeguards, but probably don't um, be overzealous with them and overestimate the stop loss and put it like, oh, if it dips 1%, because then you're going to just stop yourself out of your entire position every single time and actually just always lose money. But, you know, come up with a number that you think is reasonable and, and that you're happy that like, look, if it comes down to this, I'll, I'll exit out. And don't FOMO back in straight away either. You know, that's a whole that's a whole trap. But any last thoughts on that particular thing? Um, well, I I think you weren't uh, really going off track because part of like the whole portfolio management thing is definitely understanding um, the use cases of things. And one, also understanding that people prey on um, the emotions of other people. Definitely. Um, a lot of it, like... If you look at some of these coins when they were crashing, like Luna, for example, people yep. saying, hey, you know, stay strong, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> There's all yeah. that, like, uh, even like when it went to, you know, whatever it went to, and some people were saying, oh, they're still going to buy some. Mm. It's like you have the fear and you have the greed, right? People mm. praying on fear and people praying, praying on greed. And it also causes people to ignore any contrary information, mm. which I think is important when you talk about, like, deciding what you're going to hold for the long term versus yeah. the short term. Because like with Luna, it was well documented that there were real risks behind, you know, the project. Mm. Every algo stable coin has gone to zero. Mm. I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Every single one. Yeah. And apparently there was nothing really different mm. from what Luna was doing versus what everyone that has come before it has done. It was just like they built like a community, they built marketing, they had a lot of hype, mm. they had a very, you know, charismatic uh, they just founder. had better marketing. Yeah, that was, that was literally it, yeah. you know. And so people ignored that. People believed in Do Kwan because he was this larger-than-life personality. Mm. But, you know, um, if they did their research, read the papers, they would understand that mm. there was a risk. And so yeah. maybe that would have convinced more people to say, hey, I'm going to put like a stop loss if something mm. happens, like you said, mm. um, versus just saying we're going to ride this thing to the moon because yeah. there's, you know, something different when there was actually nothing yeah. different. You know, it just comes to my mind. You know, what's crazy. The amount of thought people put into 
investing in a crypto coin versus like, let's say you have a thousand, like th this, this blows my mind, right? And, and I'm even kind of talking to myself here. Imagine you only have a thousand dollars to invest. For people who invest in crypto, they'll open up Digital Surge there, you know, they'll log into their Digital Surge app, deposit a thousand dollars, which would land instantly because we have instant deposit and withdrawals at zero dollars, zero fees. <laughs> you know, lands instantly, doesn't cost you anything. Boom, thousand dollars in your digital search account. You basically like, yep, that crypto coin, click, buy. Most people, that's what they do. However, if you have a friend come up to you with a business proposal, be like, hey, look, I got this crazy good idea. Like, this is my plan. This is what I'm gonna do. I need a thousand dollars. They'll be like, dude, Nah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Some, someone that you personally know, that you personally know can come with a detailed business plan of like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I just need, I just need a thousand dollars and I can tell, you know, I think I can build it up and in three, four years, you know, it could be worth 10 million and you'd be like, nah, man, it's not happening. You know, I can't afford it. Or, you know, like, uh, I don't know, but yeah, you'll log in and you'll be like, oh, Dogecoin, thousand dollars. It's like you, you, you didn't even look at anything. You didn't research nothing. So it's just like, again, going on like, it's, it's, it's a little funny how that literally would happen all the time. And I just think people don't realize that. And it just, the reason I bring that up is like the importance of doing your own research. And this, for some reason, investing into a complete stranger's coin that you know nothing about, you have more trust in than like, a detailed plan. And what that should tell you, in my opinion, is you're not looking at things correctly and you're, you're basically gambling. If you're just putting money in things and you're not doing your own research and looking into, because remember, it's, it's a company, unless it's, you know, Dogecoin. <laughs> but a lot of these are companies, right? A lot of these are companies. And you should be looking at the white papers. You should be looking at their P&Ls or whatever they're showing. You should be following them on socials. You should be getting the updates, all this stuff, and make decisions on what their plan is, what they're planning to resolve and stuff like that. But anyway, just something to think about that it's funny that, you know, you can have a friend that, you know, come up with you and say, hey, I have this detailed business proposal. I need $1,000 to invest. You get X percent equity versus, oh, Dogecoin, $1,000. It's like... Not looking into anything just because Elon Musk tweeted about it. <laughs> I, was, I was literally about to say that. I think part of the reason is like some people think that they aren't smart. Um, mm. They aren't really smart. So um, they think other people on the internet have done their research. And for them to come promote something mm. means that they know something that, you know, they don't know. Yeah. That's always the thing. Because when I first started out with investing, that was my issue. I was investing in like every coin that I saw somebody say on YouTube was going to go mm. to the moon. And I just felt like I was new to crypto. Mm. There was also that formal aspect of like, oh, they're saying this thing is going to the moon. If I take my time to research, what if it actually does go to the moon yeah. in that time and yeah. I miss out? And then I was just like buying coin after coin yeah. after coin. But then I realized as the more I did my research, they weren't smarter than I was. Yeah the same places that were getting their information, I could get my own information from. Yep. I just needed to take my own time yep. to do my research. And, you know, one thing I, we always learn is like, if opportunities are endless, mm. right? Something comes and it goes, another one's going to come. 
as well. Yeah. You just need to, you know, develop the skills to identify it, understand it, and then, you know, go mm. for it as well. Yeah. So. Uh, Stu, can you fix the audio? Those, Jude's sounding very quiet. It's not sounding as crisp as usual. Just please look into that and pay attention. Just, I think Jude's mic in particular is a bit, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically to recap kind of that first section of keeping in mind today's video is managing trading risk and security in crypto. I guess the, the lesson in the day, the lesson in the day, it makes sense. Um, uh, my mic's sounding a bit funny as well, Stu. Um, it's not sounding as clear as usual. Um, the lesson of the day is basically don't have the mentality of I'll just buy this and hold until it goes up. Nothing is guaranteed. Do your own research. Be responsible. Have stop losses where you should have stop losses. And have like, like any good investor literally goes into an investment with basically two things. Uh, very simply put, I'm going to sell at this point or start selling DCAing out yeah. at this point. And if it falls down to this, I'm going to start really going, hmm, what's going on here and make a decision. You know, maybe it's 10% down. You go, well, that's weird. 20% down, you, you spend a little bit. Okay. So, so you might not like, you don't want like a reactional, you know, uh, knee jerk reaction, but there should be a process to like, if this thing's dropping, why is it dropping? Is it because of the business behind the crypto coin or are we going into a bear market? And, and, and that's okay. Like if we're going to a bear market, you got to make that decision. It sounds uh, better now for me. Thanks. If you, if you're making that decision, that's fine, but you shouldn't just look at it and be like, oh, it's down 80%. Oh, all right. I'll wake up tomorrow. It should be back up. It'll be fine. It might not, it might disappear. So that's the main thing on that we just, it, it's a very, it's a very simple thing, but I just know so many people don't operate that way. You're living in a high, um, just keep in mind like 2008 financial crash in the U S right. Crazy. How many people were buying houses of like, oh, these prices just keep on going up. We're all good. You know how many people got crushed and burnt? Like everyone who bought a house probably from 2005 onwards. Like, do you know how, like, how wild it is that you borrow money, like you borrow $500,000 to buy a $500,000 house, and then you wake up the next day and your $500,000 house is worth $75,000, but you still have to pay the mortgage of $500,000. So it's like, do your own research before you make crazy ass investments. Don't think that the government is like in your best interest. Doesn't necessarily work like that. Do your own research before you put your life savings into something and uh, just just manage things well. Like um, if you don't want to put stop losses or not, that's okay. Just in your mind, invest what you're willing to 100% lose and what you're actually winning, willing to lose. Not what you like, oh, I'm willing to lose this. And then you're losing and you cry yourself to sleep. That's different. So anyway, there's that. I, I did want to move on to the security hygiene of of i i was i wanted to go through some things that we've seen behind the scenes of like what scammers try to do what uh you know the common ways people get taken advantage of the common ways that things go wrong and um the good thing is that they're very solvable issues and um 
And if you implement these next few things and just kind of, I guess, tune in and, and hear what we're saying moving forward and apply these, um, it's going to make a huge difference. Um, I'm going to touch base on some things that you can do with, um, you know, your digital surge account, like basic hygiene practices and whatnot. And um, maybe then we'll also just both talk on like um, different scam tactics and, th and maybe like a, a way to think and just be like uh, kind of cautious and aware. Um, before we move into that, there was a question that was presented to me. Um, I can't remember who asked it, but I do remember the question. And it was, it was just basically like someone said that crypto was a Ponzi scheme. Um, crypto is not a Ponzi scheme, but there are crypto coins in crypto that 100% is a Ponzi scheme. Um, and that kind of goes back to like, do your own research, like the whole thing. You can't just, you know, again, like, I mean, uh, you can't just the whole thing. Oh yeah. The whole thing's a scam. It's, I mean, uh, there's conspiracy theories on just everything in this life, but <laughs> so I don't want to go down that road, but basically I would say, simply put, do your own research before you invest in anything, because it might be a Ponzi scheme and you might get burnt and it might get rug pulled. But there's a lot of established ones. Um, and I will just say, you know, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, super established, been around forever. You know the faces. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> just Ethereum. Ethereum, <laughs> right? Well, Bitcoin is a different case. Like, you, you know the uh, technical side of why you can trust it. Um, that's a whole different thing. Do your own research on that. But anyway, um, I just wanted to just touch base on that. Um, so security hygiene was there something you want to start off with or uh not really um just yeah you said you're going to touch on some of the things that we do at digital search already yeah. um but mm -hmm. i have more to talk about in terms of like general scams scams yeah okay. um well I'll, I'll just i mean so maybe just starting off with what we see with accounts on our end um so i've you know, I see it all. We we see it all happening here. Um, people falling for everything you can possibly imagine, which is just um, crazy. The one thing that I have noticed, you know, before I started working at Digital Search, I thought that the biggest risk to your crypto is the exchange that is holding your crypto. Now, in some cases, that's the case if you're with a dodgy exchange. But actually, the reality is, you know, the security of the, of the exchange is their entire business. And they make more money on you buying and selling than like running off one time with your money. That stuff used to happen in the past. Doesn't happen too much anymore. There's a lot more regulation, which is good and prevents these things. But what I've actually learned while working here especially a digital surge, you know, with, uh, one of the founders, Josh Lehman being, you know, having a, on his entire background based on cybersecurity and stuff like that, everything was built from the ground up with a completely different mentality than most other exchanges. So just technically technical wise and best practices wise, the security here is exceptional, but that aside, what we have seen and what surprised me the most was the reason for all issues that I've seen to date, and this exchange has been here since 2017, every single thing that ever went wrong with anyone's assets was because of themselves. 
every single one of them. And I'm not saying that to be like, you know, oh, to try and take the blame away. It's just the truth. And I tell you, it's the simple things. You didn't have 2FA. And I think people who don't have 2FA just probably don't even understand how important 2FA is and don't realize how easy it is because it, it's all about like when it comes to cybersecurity, it's about the weakest point. That's something that Josh was telling me of like, he uses better technical terms, but basically what he's saying is, and we, and, and Josh, by the way, will be, I'll, I'll be interviewing him next Friday. That'll be, so that'll be really interesting. We can go into detail on that. But he's always talking about what scammers do and hackers do is they find the weakest point. What is the easiest way to access the funds out of this whole thing? So you have the exchange, which has a full-time team looking after it nonstop, day in, day out, with extreme high levels of experience, literally protecting the exchange 24-7 versus someone on their laptop who uses the same email and password on every single thing that they've ever done for the past 10 years. <laughs> so you tell me which one has the least point of resistance. Yeah. Um, and, and scammers know that and hackers know that. And it's really that simple. At the end of the day, they want your assets the easiest way to that. Because keep in mind, the exchange assets, the huge, large majority is always on cold storage. Hackers can't even get it, like even if they wanted to. So that, that's like best practices here. We have a mixture of warm and, uh, sorry, hot and cold wallets. We literally only transfer the bare minimal that is required for the day of like running the exchange, not a week, not a month, the day. And we get alerts when accounts are running low and we manually move them across out of cold into the hot wallet. So at any given time, everyone's assets on digital surge is mixed between hot and cold with the large majority always in cold. And, you know, when you put a withdrawal request, you know, the system can estimate kind of, okay, this is how much is being withdrawn today. So alerts will be sent, but like you need to put, you know, 20% more and all this type of stuff. But I'm kind of, this is a little bit of background of what we do. In regards to the weakest point being the customer, it goes like first step, everyone using the same emails and passwords. The reason why that's a problem is a hacker might find it difficult to hack into your personal computer. But what's easy is if you've used the same email and password on 300 sites, what do they do? They find the weakest security site and hack that site, get your email and password combination and use it on your digital surge account because they can't hack digital surge. The security is so high. So it's the most difficult out of the 300 options. So they know that 90% of people use the same email and password on every single platform. So what they do is they don't hack digital surge because it's too hard. They can't. They go hack some weird ass website that you put your email and password combination in they get that and then they use that on digital search. Now, the reason why 2FA is so important is if you're using the same email and password everywhere, they do that. And if you don't have 2FA, they log in. If you do have 2FA, they go, hey, 2FA. So the only way is technically if they steal your phone as well. And then they do that, which it's kind of like the difference of a three key combination versus four key. Adding that one extra thing adds a, like adds insane amount extra combinations to make it way more difficult so there are th other things that can go wrong um but 2fa and and that's why we recently actually also added when you're withdrawing crypto out of digital surge 
to a new wallet address, we also then have a 2FA to your email. So again, it adds another combination. It makes it a whole other thing. But the most common thing, or one of the most common thing is that scenario. People using the same email and password on every single website that you've ever used. Those hackers, they hack those websites, get your login details, and then use them on digital search or a crypto exchange or whatever. So hence why I say, and that's one, I'll, I'll share another one after maybe I'll let you talk, but that's one example of, and the importance of have 2FA and then also make sure you, your email and password combination hasn't been used anywhere else and is also not written on a notepad on your computer because then all they need to do is hack into your home computer, open the notepad and they'll get your password. And again, how easy is it for someone to go into your home computer versus a computer at Digital Search? Every single laptop and computer at Digital Search is, is, has extreme levels of security around it. It's connected to a separate network, so it's not the general network. And it's all monitored 24-7. Even if the slightest little thing comes through, it's like 1,000 red flags, alerts, this, that, check into it, the system's in place. Your home computer... You're opening virus folders left, right, and center. You're clicking links. You're doing this. We can't even visit all websites. Like if you type in certain websites, it'll be like warning, this, da, 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 And it says like, are you sure? Da, da, da. And then if you click, I don't know if you, you know, if you click, yeah, you're sure, that pushes actually through to the system. It gets checked. Anyway, I won't go into that. Anyway, let me stop there for number one. Let me talk. Let me let you talk. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, cause I have actually had those situations, um, where a website's been hacked and you get a notification typically from like, if you, obviously I'm sure you're going to touch on like password managers and things like that, but yeah. Um, and you then talk about it if you want go for it. Oh, I mean, just like I used to use Google password manager. And so like when there was an issue, they're like, Hey, this thing's being like breached. Um, you need to change your password and it also kind of notifies you like what other websites you've had that yeah, password on as well exactly. for you to change it. Um, it, it is very difficult cause I, most people probably don't know about the whole password manager, manager. thing. Yeah, um, and so they, know. that's why they have like, you can, you can imagine trying to create like 20 new passwords on your own for like 20 websites yeah. is really difficult. Um, but technically like, it's not just digital search, obviously that they try to hack. Cause what I heard they do is like, they steal the, you know, name password. And then they literally go to like several websites. They have like a bot that yes. just literally like goes to websites. And Every like website. Mashes, exactly. Like, you're trying to, it's, yeah. it's crazy yeah. just to get in and, you know. Get um, in everywhere. Like they'll try and hack your email because you're, a lot of people like save passwords in their email and send their like email to themselves. Their part. And so they're hacking into your email to hack into other passwords that, and it's all automated. They're doing like millions in a second. And it's like, it, and the, and the reason the password generator is so important is multiple reasons. Good password generators encrypt your password and it doesn't save it online or on your computer. It encrypts it to access your password uh, manager. You also have a 2FA attached to that before you can even get in. But the other thing is that it's automatically generated. And the thing about humans, and this is the reason why if you get cold storage, which you can buy at the DS shop, <laughs> we have Ledger Nano S and Nano X linked down below. They're really great, but cold storage. The reason why when you set up a cold storage, it gives you the 
uh, password phrases and generates them itself is because the human mind can't actually, um, it's not very good at like actually giving random words because you'll use words that are common to you and they'll be so repetitive. It's not even funny. It's like, oh, think of 10 words and you're like hat, bat, cat, <laughs> fat. It's like, you're just changing this first letter of every single one of them. <laughs> anyway, I won't go into the extreme details of that, but that's like one of the, re another reason. Another super important thing is like, okay, email password combinations, use a password uh, manager, generate the password for you, keep the password not on your computer. It keeps it encrypted in a, in a program. Then another thing is phishing scams. That's a big one. Phishing scams is hackers will copy the look and feel of your website. Sometimes even buy a domain that's similar um, if they can get their hands on it, which is pretty hard. But basically you might type into Google digital search and you'll click the link at the top and it's not actually digital search. And you're not looking at the URL at the top. And this isn't like, it sounds bad always using digital search as the example. This happens to every exchange all over the place, nonstop. And we are always looking for these sites and, and banning them and contacting Google and Facebook to remove them. But Google and Facebook take time. It doesn't matter, you know, unless you're the president of the United States, even then, you know, they, you got a little bit of a waiting time with these big boys. But basically what happens is the login page looks the same as your exchange and you type in your username and password and then they capture it. And you don't actually log into the platform because it's not the platform. And then they've just stolen your username and password. And usually it'll, it'll pretend that it logs you in because then it'll ask you for the 2FA. And they'll also take your 2FA. And then immediately the second you give 2FA, because 2FAs have a 30 second timer, it will actually log into the real exchange and then boom, take your money. So now, sounds scary, super easy fix. Bookmark your URLs. Don't go to Google and type in digital search. Go to the official www.digitalsurge.com.au. That is the official site. No one can take the domain, so don't worry. Oh, is this domain? The domain's locked. It's secure. But save it as a bookmark. And instead of going to the exchange or your exchange via Google, which a lot of people do, click the bookmark. That way you know that you'll, you'll never get fished. You'll never get scammed that way. That's secure. And it's another like importance of like just use the app. You know, an app doesn't have these problems. There's no phishing scam around the app. Once you've downloaded the digital search app, you're good. There's none of these issues happen. It's way safer. It's why we always try to push people to use the app. It's, it's not because like we don't want people using their computer. It's literally like we just know people don't know all these things about security and they can be taken advantage of and we want to make sure our customers are looked after. But at the very least, um, at the very least, um, yeah, sorry. I just had a question came with me from someone named Leaf and it says, can you show me that again, Stu? I can see. Yeah, I'm not blind. Is 2FA, well, I am actually. Is 2FA worse on desktop than mobile? Um, I don't fully understand the question, but I'm assuming it's asking if there's a difference. I mean, 2FA is 2FA. So um, as long as you have a good yeah, 2FA, it's, it's all yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, we have five minutes. Uh, you want to talk about any notorious scams or any interesting things that have happened? Uh, before, before I touch on that, I'm just going to um, go a little bit on what you said. Sure. Because um, I 
I did some research um, on some of like the phishing scams that people do. Okay. And they've actually probably, I know Google has um, what they call it, because uh, I did check. So there's something, I don't want to butcher the name. I think it's either homograph or homeograph. Okay. So it's like a way where they use like some um, text mm. that's supposed to still like translate to the actual name of the website. So it would show up on the browser as like apple.com or digitalsearch.com, but the actual URL isn't, you know, Apple. Yeah. Whoa. So I put it into, I put it into Google because uh, I, um, I was watching something and they were like, oh yeah, here's one for Apple. And I put it in and then Google actually picked it up and say, hey, you're heading to a website, but it's actually not Apple. Did you mean apple.com? Because the website you're going to isn't actually apple.com. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. And so like Google's actually been able to pick up on that. That's cool. So again, depending on the browser you use, your browser might not be smart enough to actually pick up on yeah. like those kind of things. Yeah. You even have situations where it's digital surge, but digital surge has an L and yeah. they use like a capital I mm. instead. So it looks like digital surge, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. So like what you talk about, like in terms of um, bookmarking is very, very smart mm. because it definitely prevents that. Plus there's also situations where you search in Google and then an ad pops up, but then the ad is for a scam Correct. website. Yep. And so uh, one of the key things is, you know, when I don't click on ad, like if I Google a website, I click on the f organic search mm -hmm. and not the ad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know where that ad is going to yeah. take me to, yeah. Yeah. but Google is most likely going to show the actual website on the organic search versus the ad. Correct. Because scammers can actually pay for ads on Google. Yeah. And if it's a scam website that they just built, it's not going to be on page one. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but an ad will. An ad will because yeah. it can pay for that. So that makes sense. That's not something that's to also pay attention to. Um, and in terms of scams we're talking about, like there's one because I'm on YouTube a lot. Yeah. Um, and so like YouTube is like filled with so much scams. Um, like for example, uh, in the comment section, I actively go through the comments and report spam comments. Oh, really? I do because I, I'm like I, <laughs> I have this thing where it's like, look. I'm part of a, I, t I see myself as being part of the crypto community. And I think mm -hmm. we all need to look out for each other. Right. And so when I see like, uh, somebody's like, oh yeah, this is a great video. Um, and by the way, you need like great strategies in this, you know, bear market to make sure that you come out on top. Um, I, you know, this guy, John helped me turn two BTC into seven BTC, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, reply or message me, blah, 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 for like details. I know it's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately I flag it. But like, so I see people replying, oh, like, you know, where can I get in touch? They're like, you know, blah, 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 message me on this number or, mm. you know, join this group or whatever else. And some people are actually, I think that's being greedy. Cause like for somebody to turn two BTC into seven BTC, like <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, why would the hell do, would they want to share their secrets with yeah, you? Yeah, like if, yeah. if they had that secret, they'll be turning two into seven, seven into 14 and, yeah. you know, just keeping quiet about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but you see people actually commenting and being, you know, scammed by those things. You also have situations where this is the worst one. Mm. So you actually have deep fakes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On YouTube, I've been saying them like crazy. It's crazy. Like I, I remember, um, because I, 
I also pay attention to ARK Invest. Mm -hmm. And ARK Invest, actually, um, they had an interview with um, Jack Dorsey, mm -hmm. um, Elon Musk, and Kathy Wood. Uh -huh. And you actually have some scam YouTube channels mm -hmm. that deep Coffee. fake the, that conversation. And yeah. then they're telling you it's live and you click and Elon Musk is talking about like, oh, Bitcoin and all this cryptocurrency. And he's telling you, hey, you know, uh, I, there's this investment strategy that I, I have. Crazy. And if you send me like, you know, one E, <laughs> I'll send you back like two E, just yeah. go to this website. And you actually have people that would go to the website, it's crazy. send the E. And never get it back. And it's everywhere. Like, it's terrible. to the, Like, even Elon Musk had to tweet about it. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, recently he had a conversation on a TED talk. Mm -hmm. And somebody actually deep faked that TED talk. Serious. I was talking about, like, a crypto investment opportunity using Elon Musk's own likeness. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. It's terrible. Um, I it happened. Fake things getting bad. It's getting really bad. And it's, it's now part of the crypto scam. And I'm like, Elon Musk is a billionaire, right? Yeah. Why the hell would you want you to send him one? He's the not just a billionaire. <laughs> he's the richest in the world. You know? Yeah. And I actually have people that believe Elon's so great. He's, yeah, I'm going to send him one ETH and he'll give oh. me back to ETH. I'm like, just go buy the Tesla stock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's so many of them, like I could keep going on and on. You have like YouTube um, personalities being like impersonated mm. as well. Um, like sometimes I see, um, and it's so, it's so, I think people need to, part of the thing is that people aren't observant, I think, because they let like maybe greed get to them or they, mm. maybe there's this like naivety being on the internet and not yeah. thinking that anything can go wrong Yeah, because you have like YouTube Twitter and all these different accounts literally have like ways for you to know who the original yeah. um, person is. Yeah. And you have accounts that try to mimic this thing and it's impossible. Yeah. But then some people will still be deceived. I know. That is this thing. And man, it's crazy. <laughs> there's even one very interesting one that was called um, Butcher the Pig. Mm. Or, yeah, Butcher the Pig. <laughs> very terrible name. So it's like a romance scam. Yeah. So what happens is that some, apparently is a Chinese lady, guy, whoever, or some random person sends you a message and is like, hey, John, um, oh yeah, um, don't forget that conversation we had. You were going to send me a document, blah, 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 blah. And then you responded like, you got the wrong number. This isn't John. And they're like, oh, sorry. And then they leave. And then the next day they message you again. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, oh, yeah, yesterday I mistakenly messaged you, blah, 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 blah. They're trying to build like rapport, build a friendship with you. And then eventually they promote like some kind of crazy investment strategy in cryptocurrency um, that, you know, if you invest X, you're going to get Y. And the unfortunate thing, obviously with crypto, is, is a one-way transaction. Once you send money, it's gone. Okay. Unless the person on the other side decides to want to send it back, yep. you can't really get it back. Yep. And it's so crazy because I actually did get that message. Wow. I didn't even know it was a scam. Already, I'm a very skeptical person. If I, like, I've, like, I had Yahoo uh, mail. <laughs> Dude, the number of, like, fake Amazon emails yeah. I've got from, like, people telling me that there's an issue with my PayPal or there's an issue with something else. I need to fix this and fix that. Like, I've become so skeptical that even <laughs> when I got that message, I was like, wrong number, block. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
literally i'm not gonna have a conversation with a random person i don't know if they're gonna send me a random link that i click on and some malware is on my phone and you know when i get the 2fa text message they you know they're reading it and they're doing all this so so i'm like yeah so just be super skeptical super skeptical pay attention to detail like always yeah even even emails oh man there's so much like you just need to be careful double chill just be careful how many emails from fake dance have i got I know. Yeah. So Dan, the other founder of Digital Surge, we sometimes get emails internally from, well, not internally, but like someone sends an email to my email or his email and it'll literally be like, hey, this is Dan, the founder of Digital Surge. I'm just so busy right now. Can you just go buy me uh, two $500 gift cards? It's really urgent. I just want to surprise someone. And, And then it'll be like, just make sure you use the company card too. But but don't come to me. I'm busy. <laughs> it's like who would believe that? <laughs> but they try. They try at least once a week. Anyway, crazy. Cool. Crazy. Thank you. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Um, another another good live show. Uh, definitely tune in. Tune in. Ch- tune tune in. Tune in. Next Friday, 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, I will be interviewing the co-founder of Digital Surge, Josh Lehman. He is a remarkable character, a very unique individual, and uh, we're going to be talking about really how he got into crypto, why he started Digital Surge, and all that good fun stuff. And um, knowing him, we'll probably go into some crazy security conversations. Um, He's quite the rabbit hole opener for security. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. Anyway, thanks everyone. And uh, remember, every Friday, 8 a.m., Australian Assistant Time. Yep. Thanks. All right. Peace.